What's up, guys? Welcome to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. I'm Trenton. And I'm Brett. Let's Let's talk. Welcome to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. I am so glad that you guys have chosen to spend your drive home or your drive to work or whatever it is that you're doing. We're glad that you decided to spend your time with us. It means a lot to us. We thank you so much for checking us out each and every week. To those of you out there that are staying up to date with every episode that we put out, this is episode 73, I believe. Wow, we're cruising right along. I think so. But before we get any further, allow me to introduce the other co-host. Uh, well, I'm Brett, by the way, if you didn't know that. <laughs> the other co-host in the house tonight, Trenton, is in the house with me. What's going on? What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Let's talk. I can't believe it's almost 75. We've been Move talking about that since episode 50, but we're getting closer to episode 75. We're on episode 73. Getting closer to the crucifixion of Jesus. Tonight, we're actually going to get him before Pilate. To be delivered to be crucified. We don't know how much past that will go. But we're going to be in John chapter 19 this evening. Want to make sure that y'all can hit us up. Know that you can hit us up by hitting us up at the email. Wait.letstalk at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up with the voice message link located at the bottom of the description of each and every episode. <laughs> or you can just subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on right now. Or subscribe on Rumble. Subscribe on YouTube. Wherever you want to check us out at, make sure you're subscribing. But not only just subscribe, go ahead and hit that share button and share it with your friends. So that way you can help us get the word out. It is an international thing according to our statistics. So God bless wherever you're tuning in the world, wherever you're tuning in the United States. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Just welcome back as we get closer and closer to the crucifixion that changed the world. And also, guys, don't forget to check us out on Facebook at Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. You guys know this, but that's where the shows are going to be. You're going to find all the latest shows there. You can also find us on Zap It, spelled X-A-P-I-T. Go over there and look for Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. And another new thing that I'm doing is uh, Give Them Truth Ministries. I've started that back up again. You can uh, find me and Trenton on there. Sometimes Trenton, not all the time, but you can find us over there. Uh, Just go to YouTube and look for Give Them Truth Ministries. That's G-I-V-E-E-M, and then Truth Ministries. And it should pop up on there. Go ahead and subscribe to that as well. That's kind of a, a sister show that I've kind of started up again that kind of goes along with let's talk with Trenton and Brett it's, it's similar in a lot of ways but it's more it's a YouTube for right now anyway there's some talks about making it a podcast whenever I can get to a point where I make it more regular <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to do every week but uh, they're you know doing this show and doing that show and then you know I work a, a full-time job with lots of overtime and stuff right now but uh, trying to get to a point where that's every week and maybe turning that into a podcast too so truth talk Right. Yep. Truth talk. That's what it's it's called. Truth talk. I was I was getting there. I actually called on the one I just put up. I actually just I I actually called it truth talk. (laughs) So uh, I try to remember to call it that because it's a it's a sister show, kind of how I look at it anyway. To let's talk with Trent and Brad. It kind of goes along with it. Not to take too much more time on it, but you know we we try to look at things in a positive way and encourage. Well, with that said, let's go ahead and we will jump into John chapter nineteen. And I don't know how far we're going to read, but the the heading is Jesus Delivered to be Crucified. So guys, we're almost here. We're almost at the end. 
the crucifixion is getting ready to take place. We've got a few more chapters in John, so let's go ahead and get into it. It says, Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> Verse 1. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. You know, I think one of the best interpretations or, or the best uh, way to look at this is to look at the passion, the movie, The Passion of the Christ. You know, because people really don't understand, Trenton, how much Jesus went through. It wasn't just a couple of pops on the back with the whip and then they threw him on the cross. They literally, I mean, the Romans would beat you. And they, I mean, the, the cat and nine tails that they used on him would dig into your flesh, would rip your flesh out. And in some instances, your guts could fall out. I mean, just gross stuff. And look, I know it's kind of gross, but I mean, th these things were ripping flesh off of you and your bones would be showing, your muscles would be exposed and everything, blood everywhere. And they literally beat Jesus to a point where I have no idea how he made it up the hill to be crucified. He had probably lost so much blood. But he did, and we need to understand that when it says they flogged him, and we'll probably get into more of it as, as we go or talk about it a little bit more, it was more than just a random little beating. They mm. they literally beat him almost to death. Anyway, verse 2. Well, hang on now. Oh, well, go ahead. I didn't know you had something to say. <laughs> this is Let's Talk. So I'm sorry. Passion, I like that you brought that up because was it? I think it was the Pope back when that movie was released that said it was probably about 90% accurate or something 9095 something like that because as bad as it looked in the passion it was worse than that <laughs> but that's what they did for hollywood and you know you have those that were complaining it was too graphic but here's the deal what you guys don't realize is jesus literally what'd you describe a couple weeks ago as hamburger meat he was beaten i mean he should have died in the flogging he should have Many men died in the flogging before they even made it to the cross. So he should have died there, but he knew he had a mission. And if you watch the Passion, and as they're beating him and he's ripping his flesh, and you can see those jerks, and it makes you jump when you watch it, he'd go down, and then he would stand back up to continue to take the beating. Now, if he'd have stayed down, they might have left him alone, but he stood back up because he was at 39 lashes he took just for us. To be able to live. Jesus knew his mission was to save an entire generation, an entire world from the sin that they were living in. And I don't think people give him enough credit when they just say he was a good guy that got killed. Jesus did a lot for you. He paid the price. Now the question is, what do you do with that price that he paid? Do you receive it? Or do you reject it? And if you reject it, you reject your opportunity at salvation. But you also reject the fact that he went through this flogging just for you if you reject that. So you know, it's, it's an understanding of the punishment that he took for our sins. How he died for our sins, but he also took a punishment. The sins of the world were placed upon him. And my sin's enough, <laughs> you know, but he had the world past, present, and future placed upon him and was flogged for that and died for that. So verse two says, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, hail king of the Jews and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, see, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priest and the officer saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! 
Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. Right there, guys. Pilate recognized he had an innocent man in his hands. And he could do whatever he whatever with him. And he's getting ready to face a situation with the Jews that he's he's got to make a decision because he doesn't want to riot from the Jews, mm. but he doesn't want to he doesn't want to turn him over to be killed because he sees no wrong in him. But well, you got to think one of the other gospels, his wife had a dream. God yeah. gave her a dream or a vision. I was thinking or something. of that, but I couldn't figure. And remember I'm not sure was. which gospel it is. It's one of the other three that that she had a dream that he should not have nothing to do with the death of this man. And this is, I think, another reason for the caution that we're seeing here in him trying to get this guy off the hook. He thought, if I beat him bad enough, beat him to the pulp, as if it was not enough to beat him that much, they go ahead, the soldiers go ahead and mock him, twist a crown of thorns together. And we're not talking little bitty thorns like on a sticker bush. We're talking big old sycamore tree, long thorn type thorns that they stuck on his brow and they put him on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe to mock him and say, "Oh, you're the king! You're the king!" And they, and according to you know at least an evangelist and them I'd heard earlier in years, I think it was Brady Weldon. They didn't just put the crown of thorns on his head; they literally shoved it over and over and over and over because they were literally because it's just like Brett said: the Romans were trained to kill you and beat you. If they didn't want to kill you, they were trained to beat you to the point of almost death. But not. They knew exactly what they needed to do, how they needed to do it. And that is the type of beating Jesus has received here. Pilate's thinking, this this should get me off the hook. I'll bring him out. I'll show him how bad he looks. And surely they'll let this man go. But what did he hear? He heard they cry out, crucify him. He's saying, behold, here's the guy. Did I not punish him enough? And they're saying, no, no, we want him dead, basically. Crucify him. Don't just beat him. We want him dead. Now, you know that there had to be Jews in that crowd, even though they were drowned out, that were looking at the man. And I wonder if there wasn't even a hesitancy on the crucifying part as they're looking at what's going on with Jesus. And that's not stuff that's here. So this is just, you know, thinking out the box. And then they, you know, somebody in the crowd starts stirring at crucifying, probably the religious leaders. But... Looking at this man, seeing how badly beaten he was, there had to be at least something in the human heart that felt sorry for this man, whether you believed he was God or not. So I don't know. What do you think, Brett? How much hate has to be in your heart for you to sit there and yell, okay, they say crucify him, crucify him, but let's break it. They said kill him, kill him. How much hate has to be in your heart for somebody to be yelling that out at somebody? And, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking... The Pharisees that were probably there yelling, crucify him, crucify him. The day that they died, they had to stand before a holy and righteous judge. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was Jesus. They had to stand before him, and they seen and they knew that they had messed up. The mm-hmm. ones that sent him, if they didn't repent, the ones that sent him to his death. Where do you think they are tonight, Trenton? Mm. <laughs> Got any ideas? Now, something else. I don't. Was it Passion? One of the movies that portrays the crucifixion. It may have been Passion, where the Pharisees were only allowing certain people to the front where Pilate was at, so that they could get their way. 
So they would block the ones that were followers of Jesus outside the gate. And I don't know what movie that was. I thought that was an interesting take, though, thinking outside the box. Is this how they got what they wanted? Mm-hmm. Let's put the people that we know we can pay off or the people we know we can convince yep. to say what we want to say. Let's put them on the front lines and we'll lock out the rest of them that are saying, no, 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 don't kill him. <laughs> I think it was the passion. I don't remember, but I think it was the passion that they showed that. But I thought that was an interesting take. So here you are, a religious leader, a man claiming to be of God, deceitfully doing a deception, keeping God's people away so that you can accomplish death. That right there tells you where your heart is. Mm-hmm. If there's any truth to that at all, that tells you where their heart is. Well, that's so. a murderer's heart, man. I mean, mm. that's a they had a spirit of murder that was on them because, I mean, we all know that this stuff had to happen, right? And things had to be put in place. It was a perfectly orchestrated thing of events, you know, that had to take place for this all to happen. But for these people to have that much hate in their heart, and I mean, we see it today. We see it all the time today. You know, it's people, there's just so much hate in the world. And it it doesn't make sense that there's so much hate in the world because, you know, especially like towards the church, it's like we're we're called to love people and we're called to to care for people. Mm. And you see people spewing hate towards us. For simply trying to be nice to somebody. And you know they're spewing hate. So it's the spirit of evil. It's a spirit of murder. And it's what was on these religious leaders at that time. Uh, Verse 7 I think. Lost my spot. Yeah. The Jews answered. We have a law according to that law. He ought to die because he made himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. I would be too, because now he's entering into this. Well, now this is becoming a church problem. Mm. (laughs) This is not just political. Now it's crossing over to the realm of religion. And he knew that these people were very, key word here, religious. He Mm. knew that they were very religious and that they took their 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 faith or their religion very serious. And if they could stir up trouble with the people that he's trying to keep calm, because Pilate had to answer to somebody, and he did not want this getting back to Rome, to Caesar, that he has screwed up, and this whole providence that he was over there in Jerusalem was all in an uproar. They didn't want to lose the, their control over these people because they knew that the Jews, these type, these people there, if you didn't keep the peace, they would rebel. They would ride against you. They would kill. I mean, they actually would kill Roman soldiers. They'd sneak up and try to kill them. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to keep the peace because he didn't want to lose his head to Caesar. So yeah. he's recognizing now, okay, this is this is getting real. And Well, that's another thing with Pilate. Now, history tells us he did eventually get removed from power. He was removed from his place over failed leadership or something. I don't remember the whole story. I learned about it in this college. But they were, you know, he was eventually, and I don't think it was too long after these events that he eventually got removed anyway. So the very thing he was afraid of ended up happening. Ended up <laughs> happening. And I, yes, we get it. It was God's plan, but he could have made a choice there to release Jesus. Then it would have become their problem. However, we know God had a plan and it happened. So the very, that's kind of like us in today's world. The very thing you're so afraid of losing. If it's not of God anyway, you're going to lose it anyway. So you might as well go with God's plan and make it happen. So, I mean, and so that's just something that came to my mind. But when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. I think we did. We read this first statement. Yeah, he entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. 
So here we go. Here comes a little bit. Because I heard Pilate was a very prideful and a very mean. He wasn't a nice guy. So here's Pilate now. Jesus isn't answering him. Verse 10 says, so he said to him, you will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? What does Jesus say? Jesus is always cool. He always knows how to answer knuckleheads. And this I couldn't say religious knucklehead, but a knucklehead. Political. A political knucklehead. <laughs> Jesus answered him and said, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. So, keeping in mind... The Jewish people have got the big problem because they're the ones that gave him to him. But God's the one that allowed him to have the authority he's got over them, him right now. Jesus is basically, you really got no authority over so me, brother. Say, you ain't got nothing you, over you me. You got nothing on me. The only authority you got is what my Father in Heaven allows you to have. And that's why these people that delivered me, they've got the greater sin than what you've got. But at the same time, here's Pilate, you know. <laughs> but Pilate, I think I think he's still nervous. So I think he's watching what he says to Jesus here because I, what was it? His wife said it was a godly man or something. I don't know what I exactly she said. I was thinking, I but uh, she warned remember. him about getting involved with this man's problem. So, and I wish I could remember which gospel we could have went and looked at it. But, uh, but yeah. So what do you got, Brett? Uh, let's just continue on to verse twelve. It says, uh, "From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this, release this man.'" You are not Caesar's friend. And there it is again. He's like, uh-oh, I don't want to be known as somebody that went against Caesar because now the people are in this uproar and they're they're yelling all this stuff out. So he doesn't want it to get back to Caesar that he's not a friend to Caesar and that he's doing everything against what Caesar would do. That's the last thing. Back then, that's the last thing you would want if you had any type of authority because Caesar would have your head. Mm-hmm. That's just the end of it. They'd chop your head off. And you'd be gone or you'd be killed or whatever they chose to do to you. So he doesn't want that. Uh, It says, everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat in a place at a place called the Stone of Pavement. And in Aramaic, Gabbatha or Gabbatha, however you want to pronounce that. Now it was the day of preparation of Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. And they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. Wow. (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. And we're going to talk about that last statement here more, I'm sure, but... Pilate here realizes that these religious leaders are very persuasive. And even though he's over them, they could stir up such a fuss among the people. They had that authority as religious leaders that it would get back to Caesar. And he realizes he would lose everything he has. So this is why he caters to what they want because he's afraid that they would get the word to Caesar and they would persuade him to remove Pilate. And Pilate's a man of power. He's about power. He wants that power and he doesn't want to have that power removed from him. When you look at history, Pilate was not a nice man at all. He's the guy that sends soldiers out hidden in a crowd when there was an uproar. And this is, I think Josephus records the story, I believe it's Josephus, where there was an uproar and you saw it. I 
I'm not sure which one of the Jesus movies it was in. It was one of them that's been out in the last, I don't know, so many years. But he sent them in, disguised them, and when there was an uproar, he just had the soldiers start killing people mm-hmm. in the crowd. This is the type of man Pilate was. So as much as you want to feel sorry for him here because he's in a tight spot, you need to recognize the type of man Pilate is, and he is not a nice man whatsoever. <coughs> At this point, it's all about power. He's afraid of losing the hold that he does have in Jerusalem. So well, let's, let's talk about what the, the chief priest just said. We have no king but Caesar. So what did they just do right there? They literally denied God. I mean, they did. I mean, they if if God is supposed to be their king, and they say we have no king but Caesar, I, I know the first thing that came to my mind was, well, they're completely, they're just denying God to get what they want. So therefore... Is that would you call it blasphemy? <laughs> and I think I think in a lot of ways maybe you could call that blasphemy. So everything they've done up until this point, you you have to understand this. If we go back, they arrested Jesus illegally. What they did to him after they arrested him was illegal. Now they've brought him to Pilate to be crucified, which shouldn't shouldn't have happened. And now just to get him crucified because they have this murderous spirit upon him just to get him crucified they're willing to deny the the god that has all of these laws that now they're trying to quote mm. just to get him crucified they're willing to deny the god that gave him the laws to get the, to get Jesus crucified do you see the hypocrisy in everything that's going that's taking place here from these people you see this is what happens whenever you have evil in your heart Nothing you do makes any sense. You mm. contradict yourself. You become a hypocrite, and you have all this this murderous spirit about you that you're willing to deny the very God that you're supposedly wanting to get rid of Jesus for because you're saying that Jesus is claiming to be God. So we got to protect. We got to protect our God as if God needs your protection. Mm. You're willing to say this about Him and deny Him just to get what you want. It's ridiculous. And now one word comes to mind here: pride which the Bible warns us about pride a lot. It's basically the lead the lead thing that takes you to all the other sins. It, it seems goes like. before a fall. So, yep, and haughty spirit before destruction or one way, one way or the other. That's a proverb. But he says, we have no king but Caesar. At that point, just like Brett's saying, they have now denied that God is their king. But they're doing it out of pride because they want, they know that that will scare. If they don't say that, then that makes it look like they're not being obedient to Caesar, which is what they're trying to scare Pilate to do. So we have no king but Caesar. They said it out of pride to get their way because there's no arguing if they're hailing Caesar as king. What Forgetting the fact that their ancestors were delivered from Egypt because there is no king but God. And he wanted to be their king. The Jews have been here before. They wanted a king. God wanted to be their king, but they wanted an earthly king. So they got Saul, (laughs) who ended up not being such a great king, which ended up leading to David. It was the Jews' own choice here to have an earthly king. And now we're seeing the same type of thing happen here. We have no king but Caesar. So we want Caesar to lead our way, even though at the same time, 
They do not like the Romans because they're in bondage. They're acknowledging that bondage here. So it's like with the same lips, you're telling us the Romans should die and our Messiah should come and deliver us. You're saying, well, we submit to that authority. So it, are you with God's authority or are you with Caesar's authority? You need to think about it. Now, in the natural, we get it. The world was ran by Caesar. But these guys as religious leaders, this statement could have been avoided. So this right here, I think, comes down to pride. We have no king but Caesar. Pilate's in a tight spot. Anyway, I know we talked about that earlier. But, okay, so he's in a tight spot because now he's got all of the Jews, which he's supposed to be over and keeping in check, right? He's got half of them saying crucify him and the other half saying don't crucify him. Because you got people that didn't want to see Jesus crucified and those that did. So he's, okay, well, what do I do? Because I'm about to tick these guys off. If I do crucify him, that could cause a riot. Mm -hmm. If I don't crucify him, these guys that are shouting crucify him, that could cause a riot. So mm -hmm. he's probably standing there going, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> I have no idea what to do. Caesar's going to kill me. Mm. So he ends up sending him to be crucified he delivered jesus over to them and they 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 take him and we're gonna i guess if we have time we'll get into some of the crucifixion here but or next week yeah that may this, be something to pick up next yeah, week but this whole thing has been one lie and one law broken after another trenton mm -hmm. i mean this whole thing has been a huge debacle but what's so neat about this and i, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way but Everything that we're reading about is prophetic. It was mm. all prophesied to happen exactly the yeah. exactly the way that it's that it's coming to pass, and it was all prophesied hundreds, if not thousands, you know, a thousand years or, or better in advance. All the all of these things was prophesied, and we're seeing them come to place in Scripture right now. And this would have been next to impossible to set up and plan yourself. There was no, and I've heard people talk about studies that there was no more perfect time in history for Jesus to be crucified than when he was. Because a lot of the prophecies couldn't have come to pass. Mm -hmm. It would have had to been Roman crucifixion the way everything was described. And that only lasted for so long before all that changed. So this was the perfect time in history. And like I said, we don't mean that in a bad way. For Jesus, if God was going to send a son down to die... This was the time because he got the most brutal death imaginable at this time. Probably still in history. One oh, of the yeah. most brutal deaths possible. And Jesus took that on for us. I want you to think about that. Let it sink in because I know, yeah, you hear about it every Easter. You hear about it at church. Good Friday. Yeah, Jesus died. We acknowledge But think about what he did. The most brutal death imaginable he took so that you, let's make it personal, so that me, Brett, all of us could have a chance at life. He took on our sins on himself so that we could live. And he even said it himself. There's no greater thing than one friend to die for another friend in and that's just true love. That's that's the way it is. God loved us enough that Jesus took on this for us. And I think that is something to think about as we get ready to approach the crucifixion next week. You need to put yourself, that's what we've tried to do throughout the book of John, put ourselves in the writer's shoes. What are they talking about? What was going on at this time period? Where would you be? Question. Because this sounds a lot like, this rejection sounds a lot like what we see nowadays. 
rejecting Jesus. Where do you stand? Are you one of them in the crowd that's saying, don't crucify him? Or are you one of the louder ones? Just because you're louder doesn't make it right. So being able to seek God's will in everything you do. Which, which side of the crowd would you stand on? I want you to think about that as you put yourself in Scripture. Are you one of them that yells crucified just because everybody else told you to do it? Or everybody else is doing it, so you go with the crowd? Or are you one that says, he's done nothing wrong? Why would we crucify him? And that you're one of those that weeps as this happens. Something to think about just as you guys are reading your scriptures and going over what's going on right now. Where we're at in John. Putting yourselves in their shoes. Which side are you on? I know I just asked that question. So my question to you today as we get ready to close here in just a few minutes. What side of the fence are you on? Are you with Jesus who said he was the way, the truth, and the life? Or are you with those that reject him? And you're ultimately, you're going to find out someday that we're right. But do you accept that or not? He offers a free gift of salvation. He gives his life freely so that you could live. And all he asks is that you put your faith and trust in him in return. So we go through the blood. It's always a blood sacrifice. Throughout the Old Testament, animals were sacrificed. They were killed. For certain sins, you can go read some about those in some of Leviticus and places. Jesus, though, paid the ultimate price because the blood of those animals would cover it up for another year. Jesus eliminates that through his blood. When you're standing on the judgment seat, if you've covered yourself with the blood of Christ, he's going to be able to look at the Father and say, no, this one's with me. No matter what the enemy is trying to accuse him of, this one's with me. He received me or she received me. And he's with me. So, or she's with me. Either way, they're with me. Let's say it that way. So we hit both sides of that. So understand that as you continue to read. I want to go ahead and say, hit us up, wait.letstalk at gmail.com. If you got thoughts or you got ideas you'd like us to talk about with you here on the air, we'd love to hear that. Or you can hit us up at the voice message link located at the bottom of the description of each and every episode. Subscribe on Rumble. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on whatever platform you're on right now. Share it. Share it. If you want more information, hit us up, nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. You can catch Let's Talk stuff there. You can catch some of the other the other podcasts, the church podcasts. You can catch that stuff there. So uh, make sure, though, ultimately, our goal with this show is to let you know you need to seek Jesus first and foremost. Then everything else will fall into place. But first and foremost in your life has always got to be God. First and foremost. Once you get that, he's going to help you get the other things in order. He doesn't say you have to be perfect to come to me. He says come as you are, and he'll fix it. The blood of Jesus fixes that. We're going to talk more about that next week. I'm going to say God bless. Turn it over to Brett. Guys, you have to realize, too, is that you know if you're living this, this if let's say you're a Christian, if you're living this life where you... You know, they used to say you got one foot in the world and one foot um, in hell, or one, you know, or one foot in heaven and one foot in hell, or one foot in the world or one foot in church, or you know, however you want to put it. If you got one foot in the wrong place, guys, you might as well just you might as well just take the leap because you're already in the wrong place. And I preached a sermon one time about you know everybody always would say you know you're riding the fence you got to quit riding the fence you got to make a decision about what you want to do if you're riding the fence with God there's no fence and 
That's something that we've all had to come to a reality of is there is no fence. There's no fence for you to ride. You're not being a good Christian half of the week and you can kind of live the way you want on the other week. If, if you got one foot in the world, you're in the world. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that we won't make mistakes, and but if you do, the Holy Spirit calls you back. There's a difference. But if you got one foot in the world and you're living for the world and going to church on Sundays and pretending, then guys, you're in the world. And right now, God's calling you out of it. That's what I, this message was about, is these people were turn, turning on Jesus. They had their... They, they thought that what they was doing in some twisted, weird way was probably right, but they had they had both feet in the world, and they didn't even know it. And if you're not going to live for God the way that the scriptures tell us to, and you're not going to live for God the way you know you should, the way he's calling you to, then, then that's a problem, because you can't have one foot in the world and one foot with God. He wants everything of you. He wants all of you. And trust me, some people think that that sounds scary. Some people think that that's, that's too much or it's a harsh thing. But taking that step and joining God was the best thing that I ever did. It was the best thing I ever did. It's just get, submitting yourself to him, submitting your life to him, and letting him take control of your life, guys. That's what that's what God's calling you to tonight. That's what he's calling you to do. So with that said guys make sure you check us out on facebook let's talk with Trenton and brett check us out on zap it and we'll just go ahead and close in prayer father we thank you lord for this opportunity and we just ask you lord that you would bless each and every listener father god as they're out there speak to their heart let them know father god that they need you and that they need your salvation in jesus name amen Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you were blessed and inspired by the content. Do us a favor, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already, tell a friend, and share this on social media. We would love to share the good news with as many people as possible. We'd also love to hear from you. If you have topics you would like us to discuss on the air, you want to give a shout out, or maybe you just want to say hi, click on the message button below and let us know what's on your mind. Thank you for tuning in. God bless, and we'll see you next time.